verse ten, uh, 14. And I apologize, we're having a little bit of tef- technical difficulty. So if you don't have notes, we can get you some notes. Or before you leave, we'll get you some. has all the scripture I'm going to be talking about tonight. Romans 8, 14. I'm in the King James Version on this one. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, the Spirit of God that's within us bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons and daughters of God. We're the children of God. The enemy, the devil, is our enemy, and he likes to question our salvation. Nod your head and act spiritual. <laughs> Especially when we first get born again, when we first get saved, there's a, there's a period of time that the enemy, we allow him to mess with our mind, and he questions us, are you really saved? Are you really a son of God? Are you really a daughter of God? Well, don't think it's strange that he does us that way. He came to Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn the stone into bread? So, you see, the devil is pretty slick at trying to question us to make us doubt our salvation. And right here, this verse 16 says, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit of God is important for us to be filled with His Spirit so that He bears witness with our spirit. We're sons and daughters of God, and that's settled. Jesus knew that He was the Son of God, but He had to let the devil know how He knew. It was because the Word of God. The Word of God always came out of Jesus' mouth, and He put the devil on the run with the Word of God. You know how you put the devil on the run? With the Word of God. How do we defeat the enemy? With God's Word. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Man, I'm telling you, God, He looks into us. It, look, look what it says. The spirit of man, we have, <clears throat> we have spirit. Last week I wanted to talk about that a little bit and didn't get there. In uh, the Bible it talks about, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul, a will, mind, and emotion. And right here he's saying the spirit of man that's in us is the candle of the Lord. You know, the old timers used candles before they had flashlights. It's a light. And he searches the inward parts of us. The Spirit of God in us knows what's in us and what we're made out of. And he can reveal to us everything that's in us. People say, I can read your mind. Well, some people think they can, but. Sometimes you think you can read your spouse's mind. Now, some of us get better the longer we've been married. (laughs) We know a lot of times what they're thinking. 
because we've messed up before in that area. (laughs) But, you know, Jesus knew the thoughts of the Pharisees, the scribes. They'd come around, and Jesus would be teaching the Bible, and they'd be thinking, who's he think he is forgiving sins? Y'all read, hopefully y'all read that in the Bible, where they, they would be thinking, who does this guy think he is? He just said that guy's sins are forgiven him. And Jesus perceived their thoughts by the Spirit of God that was within him. He perceived their thoughts and he said, Is it easier for me to say that your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier for me to say, Rise up and walk and be healed? And he said, Just so that you'll know that I have power to forgive sins... Take up your couch and go home. And the guy that had been lame all of his life was healed, got up and packed his couch out of there and went home. See, the Spirit of God, Jesus perceived their thoughts. Now, we don't read people's minds, but we can perceive people's thoughts by the Spirit of God. Okay, are y'all with me? I'm not talking about fortune telling and somebody coming up and reading your mail to you and all that. I'm out on that deal. But the Spirit of God in us can help someone. Many times the Spirit of God within us can encourage someone else with the Word of God. Exhort, edify, and comfort is what true prophecy is today. We're not led by prophecy today. We're led by the Spirit of God today. Somebody better say, Amen, I'm going to camp out here. There's really, there are prophets in the Bible. There's New Testament prophets. And and they're used of God to proclaim His Word to us. But the Spirit of God in us can lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen. And a prophet can come up to us and confirm what God has already told us. Don't listen to somebody that comes up and says, Lord told me you're supposed to go to New England. If God hadn't been dealing with you about going to New England, don't pack up and go to New England. I'm just giving you some illustrations. Please understand, I've, Debbie and I have been, she's been a Christian longer than I have, and I've been a Christian 45 years. And we've had people come and prophesy, thus saith the Lord to us. We are supposed to have had a little boy about 35 years ago. <laughs> and we didn't. Well, we hadn't yet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Where was we supposed to go? To Indiana? Now, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm having some fun, but just kind of giving you some illustration that God, by His Spirit, desires to lead you, and you should be led by the Spirit of God at all times and not cave in to someone saying, Thus saith the Lord. If they're saying, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord should have already thus said to you, so you know what God's saying, and it should be a confirmation to you, this is the way walk you in it. Is that fair enough? This person came to us and at a church service, Come up here, we want to prophesy over you. And we went up, and they're like, You ever been to Indiana? Nope. Well, you need to pack your bags. You're going. And my heart was going, nope. And I'm not rebellious either. (laughs) At that time, I wasn't. 
<laughs> I may be rebellious now because I've heard so much. But thank God there's been people that prophesied good things that came to pass that bore witness. Remember? The Spirit of God within us bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. If He can confirm with us that we're sons of God, He can also bear witness with us that's of God what this person's saying. Or, oh, that ain't of God. You ever heard somebody say, thus saith the Lord, and you knew in your heart, it ain't God, it ain't God, it ain't God. Amen. So, there was a time that we were supposed to go to Haiti. And join this missionary and go with them. And I'm thinking, wrong answer. But had I been naive, I would have went to my wife and said, Hey, pack up, we're going to Haiti because God said so. We can be led by the Spirit. Thank God we are led by the Spirit and we know when to go somewhere and when not to. And not allow man to dictate to us or tell us where we should go and shouldn't go. Most of them will tell you where you should go. <laughs> okay, I said I was just going to read Scripture. I'm sorry. I've already gotten off. It's hard for me. It's hard. <laughs> All right, we're going to look in the message translation of Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. God, our God will take care of the hidden things, but the revealed things are our business. It's up to us and our children to attend to all the terms in this revelation. What that's saying, and you can read it, it's plain and simple, that there's things that God has hid, and you shouldn't be too concerned about things that you don't know nothing about, you can seek those things out and dig. The more you dig, the more you can learn. But there are certain things that we don't know about God. That's okay. You're not required to do anything. It says that, but the reveal things are our business. What God reveals to us now becomes our business. So what God's saying when He says something and you don't have a clue what it's saying, don't worry about it. But when it becomes a revelation to you, now it's your business, and it's up to you and your children to attend to all the terms in the revelation that you get. Once God reveals truth to us, then it's up to us to walk in the truth. Is that fair? It's, if we don't know the truth, don't, don't leave me now. I'm telling you, there are some people that don't know much about the truth, and I don't know a whole lot about the truth. But if we don't know something, we don't know something. That's why we come to church on a regular basis is to learn something else. We're going to learn a little bit more tonight. And then we'll learn a little more Sunday. That's what we're doing. We're being fed by the Word of God, by His Spirit, so that we will know some more things than we do right now. So it's not a sin or a crime not to know certain things from God, but thank God He does reveal to us, and when He does, He expects us to walk it out. Amen. It's up to us. Puts it on our shoulders now. That's why a lot of times we're just like, I ain't reading no more because I have to do more when I... <laughs> the more I find out I have to do or need to do, oh, the less I want to do. I'm just telling you. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, we started out building this house, and you said you wanted it this big. Now it's got twice this big, and it's like, ooh, wait a minute. Can I give you some information that why most churches stay about 50, the size 50 people? Because people are problems. <laughs> but people are why we're here. Please, you understand, don't, leave, don't get up and leave mad. I'm just saying, the more people we have, the more problems we have. But thank God, He gives us His Word and His Spirit to help love on people and help us all through our problems that we have. I'm a preacher to get up here and tell you, I got problems too. Thank y'all for loving me, praying for me, and being here for me. Amen. I'm just saying that. But let's, I want the church to grow and get bigger. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that talks about the poop in the floor. Uh, just being true. I mean, it's talking about the ox in the stall. And, and they make a mess. And you have to clean up. But you know what? If there's no ox in the stall, there's no mess to clean up. And it's, it's easy. But when the house is full... And we make a mess, and it's the cleanup. And I'm not calling y'all ox, but I'm telling you, things, <laughs> things get done. When people are here, we're here to love on people that have lost a loved one. We're here to bless people that come in that need help off the streets. It takes a whole group of people. Thank y'all for being here again. Amen. It's just good. The fuller, the better, as far as I'm concerned. We don't want the church to shrink we want it to grow. If we pack out, we'll build something else. Amen. People say, well, how big is big enough? Till the last person that don't know Jesus gets saved. That's, that's how we know how big it needs to be. People say, I don't like going to them big church. Well, we're not a big church by no means. But people say, I don't like going to them big churches. Why? You, you probably ain't going to like it in heaven. <laughs> ain't going to be a bunch of people up there that you didn't think was going to be there. There may be somebody up there that you've been mad at for 20 years. Get over it. <laughs> Amen. It's like, let's lighten up a little bit. I remember when Elvis died. How many of y'all remember when Elvis died? 1977, August 16th. <laughs> you probably know where you was at. Sort of like when the twin tires fell. You knew where you was at, you know. But I come in, I was working in Idabelle at a body shop, went downtown to get some paint, listening to the radio, Bill Mack. <laughs> I'm dating myself. And they said, hey, Elvis has passed away. So I go in and I tell all the guys in the body shop, hey, guys, Elvis died. They're like, no, he didn't. It was harder trying to convince them that Elvis died than it was that Jesus is coming back. They couldn't believe that Elvis died. They just thought I was lying. It didn't bear witness with their spirit. You know, so you'll hear things from time to time, and you'll be like, eh, that's not true. Or, yeah, hey, that's, that's what God's been 
dealing with me about. The good news, God is good and he loves us and he's merciful and kind and he'll deal with us about our situations and our problems. He'll lightly talk to us, lovingly tell us, and then he'll tell me, you tell them. <laughs> and that's why I make y'all mad so often. But if you'll listen and pay attention, now, he don't use me all that often, but other people tell you after God has showed you and you're like, mm, that's the third person that's told me that this week. You know what? A lightning flash mind would tell you you probably don't need the fourth person to tell you. Pay attention when God's dealing with you. Begin to deal with whatever God's dealing with you about. Amen? Is that fair? All right, let's move along. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Now, this is going to kill some sacred cows. But as it is written... I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And we just close the Bible right there, say, we ain't seen it, we can't hear it, we can't comprehend it, what all God has prepared for us that love him. We just don't know. You never know what God's will is. Look at the very next verse. Verse 10, it says, but, there's that but again, but God hath, past tense, revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Revealed to us what? Those things that He has in store for those that love Him. God has already begun to reveal that to us by His Holy Spirit. Okay? So God is revealing to us those things that we don't have any inclination about what he's talking about, he starts revealing to us what he's got in store for us. wonder what it's going to be like. God's revealing to us what it's going to be like. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. The spirit of God that's within us knows everything about us. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. I want to read that verse again. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. We haven't received the Spirit of the world. But we have received the Spirit which is of God. Why have we received the Spirit of God? For what purpose and what reason do we need the Spirit of God? That we might know the things that are freely given unto us. That we might know the things that are freely given to us. I can tell you, you don't have to raise your hand multitudes of people in the body of Christ don't have a clue what God has in store for us on this earth. Oh, we have a clue about when we die, when we die, we're going to go to heaven. And that's one of the clues that we have, and it's in the Bible, and it's true. But we don't have a clue many times, and many of us don't have a clue of what God has in store, and He's given us His Spirit so that we might know the things that are freely given unto us from God. 
Wouldn't you love to know what he's freely, freely given you that's from him? What all's my benefits? If your rich uncle died and he was a millionaire and some, an executor called you up and said, Hey, your uncle left, uh, gave me a story to tell you. And you'd be like, Can I come on down right now? <laughs> I'll be right on down. Is it all right if I just wear my pajamas? Some of you girls wouldn't even comb your hair. I'm just telling you the truth. And you get down there and he says, well, he left you his old pickup truck. And, and you'd be like, and what? And what? You know, a dude's got millions. You want to know what's been freely given unto you. It amazes me sometimes in the Word of God that the Spirit of God desires to reveal to us everything that God has freely given to us. And we know that everything that comes from God is good. He said, every good and perfect gift comes down from above. So everything that God is offering us is good. We just sometimes fail to get in there and find out what's been freely given to us. I think the biggest problem in that area is the enemy has been successful many times against many of us telling us we're not worthy to get that anyway. That's for them good people. Somebody nod your head, you know. That's for them people that never have done anything wrong. Well, I got news for you. Ain't none of us. (laughs) But I got better news for you is... That everything that we've ever done wrong, God has already forgiven us of all of it. We've been forgiven. He's made us righteous. He's made us worthy. But the enemy comes and starts telling us these things and says, Yeah, well, you would have got that if you had made an A instead of an F. So in the life, you understand what I'm saying. But the enemy is a liar, but we believe a lie and we keep the truth from us and we don't receive the things that God's freely given us because we listen to somebody that's telling us it ain't for us. I heard for years that ain't for us today. I'm talking about in church. Now don't raise your hand, but I'm telling you a lot of you heard the same sermon I did. It ain't for us today. That was for them people in the Bible days when they really needed the Spirit of God. Brother, if they needed the Spirit of God before they had cell phones, they need the Spirit of God worse today after we got them. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, we need God more today than any group of people on the face of the earth ever has. And we're going to need Him. The Bible says in the last days there's going to be perilous times. It's going to get rough. The rougher it gets, the more of Him we need. And the more of the stuff that He's offered us to freely give us, we need to understand that's for us. He's not holding it back from you. He don't want you to be without. I was taught all kind of stuff that wasn't true, and I've taught some good stuff too. But I was taught God don't want you to have nothing. Just be content with what you have, and one of these days you'll get to heaven and then you can walk on the streets of gold. Well, I'd like to have enough money to pay my electric bill. Amen. While we're on this earth, 
at least have the stuff that we need to get by with. God's not holding it from us. Our thinking and people that have told us in the past those stories has kept us from opening up to receive the good things that God has for us. But God is revealing to us by His Spirit those things that He desires for us to have and walk in. Amen. It's by His Holy Spirit that He will reveal to us all that good stuff. Let me go on a little bit further here. Verse number 14. I'm going to read it. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is that is spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Here's verse 16. This is in the King James Version. And most people think that's the only version. And it ain't, but it is here. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who has known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him? Question mark. Then it says, but we have the mind of Christ. Do you believe you have the mind of Christ? Do I believe I have the mind of Christ? Sometimes I don't act like I have the mind of Christ. Sometimes I don't talk like I have the mind of Christ. Sometimes y'all don't think I have the mind of Christ. But I do. The Bible says I do. I just read it. You saw it. We have the mind of Christ some of y'all go around saying I'm just losing my mind don't lose it it's the mind of Christ we make statements a lot of times that go contrary to the word of God he wants us to get a hold of this so we understand what he's freely desiring for us to have for us to walk in now I'm going to skip I've got 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in the Amplified Bible, and it's in the notes. I'm going to skip that, and, and I'm going to read some others. You go back. Homework tonight is get the notes and read the ones that I skip, okay? Is that fair enough? I know y'all don't like homework. Let's, let's drop down to Matthew chapter 13. I want to cover some of these things a little bit better. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to begin reading with verse number 9. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speak you unto them in parables? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Jesus said to you, the disciples, he said to you, it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, I'm speaking in parables, and to them it's not given. Why was it not given to them? The enemy convinced us that we was them. That it wasn't given to us, it was only given to his disciples. And that's not what he's saying. The disciples would be with him ask questions, and dig into what he was saying. And anybody that desired to get what Jesus had to offer was able to get it. Amen. 
But if we don't go after it, it's, it's hidden from us. It's not hidden that we could never find it. It's almost like there's a treasure. It's like you're showing up to your rich uncle's uh, deal where you're getting an inheritance. You want to know what he left you other than that old truck. See, I'm leaving you hanging. You're thinking, he, he just quit talking about that. I wonder what else I got coming. See, what we're going to do is get a little bit each time we meet. And we're going to find out, hey, he did that for me. I'm his son. You're his son and daughters. And he's leaving you this. And then we find out there was more. There's more. You know, when you got saved, when you first got saved, you thought, man, it can't get no better than this. And then there was a day or two later and you thought, man, it can't get no worse than this. Because <laughs> the enemy comes to take away any good thing that you get from God. He don't want you to have it. He don't want you to have what the Word of God promises you. In many ways, He keeps us from, from that. And I'll try to get to that in just a minute. Verse number 12. Whosoever has... To him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away even that he has. Sounds backwards in Bernie. Bernie don't agree with this. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. Now, I know this is a lot of word, but listen to verse 15. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time... They should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And so I'm going to stop right there and say this. Jesus had just finished teaching on the parable of the sower, and only the good ground brought forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. And he, he just mentioned about understanding here. I'm going to talk about the parable of the sower for just a moment or two. In Matthew chapter 13. He says that the, the sower sowed the word. And the word fell among different types of ground. Okay? He said he sowed ground, and some fell by the wayside, and immediately the fowl of the air came and took away the seed that was sown. Okay? So they didn't bear any fruit. That seed was sown by the wayside. Then he, he says, and he sowed some on stony ground. And that seed went into the earth. They received it with joy, but the, but the sun came up. And it says they were persecuted for the word's sake and by and by they were offended and they bore no fruit. You know what? The devil wants us to get offended so we don't bear no fruit. We don't receive what God has to offer us. And that 
that by the wayside, it says when the birds came immediately and took away the seed. If you go on, I don't have time to go through the whole parable, but it says, these are they by the wayside. When the seed was sown upon their heart, they heard the word and understood it not, and immediately the thief came and took away the seed that was sown. If we don't have understanding of what the word says, we, we bear no fruit from that. Okay? And then the stony ground, we get offended, we bear no fruit. And then there was seed that was sown among the thorns and the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things entered in and choked out the word and they became unfruitful. We desire to be a fruit-filled church. Then it goes on and said, Then he sowed seed on good ground. And the good ground sprang up and it produced, or they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. How many of you really believe that God desires for all of us to bear fruit? All of us. I mean, He desires for every one of us to be good ground to bear fruit. That's God's plan. Now, I want to skip on past some of this. I want to go to, I want to bring a point out. Yeah, man, I had a bunch of scripture. Whew. Let me back up a little bit. I want to go to Matthew 25, 14 now. And I'm going to run over just for a few minutes, but I want to bring out a point. Verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one of them he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. These three guys, they all had something. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So in this parable, when we mention talents, it's actually talking about money. It just now said that the third man went and hid his money, the one that had one. The one that had five invested it and got five more. The one that had two invested and got two more. The one that had one hid it in the dirt. Now let's read a little further. Verse number 19 in a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you have delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five more. His Lord said unto him, Well, now, I didn't want you to do that. I, don't want, I didn't expect you to do anything with that that I gave you. That ain't what it says, is it? You don't, don't, don't back up. Don't say, oh, man, wait. Here's what Jesus said. He, he said unto him, Well done, you good 
and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Okay? Then he goes on. The same thing happened with the guy that had two that wound up with four. He said, well done, thy good and faithful servant, in verse 23. Then drop on down to verse 25. I'm running out of time. He comes to the man that had one talent that hid it in the dirt. And he said, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the earth. And lo, here is what is yours. And the Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I've not strawed. You ought to have put my money in the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that has ten talents. This will not fly in the political world that we live in today. Look, we thought that the guy that only had one, he should be given two or three from the other guys. Because, I mean, he only had one, so he put it up. He had one, and God expected him to do something with the one that he had. See, God expects us, whatever talent we have, whatever amount of money, whatever talents in the, we have in the kingdom of God, God desires for us to invest the talents that we have so that he can multiply those talents on. I wish I wasn't out of time because I read some commentaries on this from some natural carnal-minded carnal people. And they tried to convince me that the only good person in this parable was the man that dug the ground and put the one in it and said he kept the one that he had and he didn't affect anybody else's stuff and he didn't take their portion too. They made it look like the guy that had ten took five from somebody else. Took the portion from them. He got their portion and his portion. No, he invested what God gave him and God multiplied. It's, it's a kingdom principle. If we sow, we'll reap. And I've got one verse of scripture right here. John 15, 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. God's plan and desire is to reveal to us how he can multiply himself through us and his kingdom through us. He, he desires for his kingdom to be spread all over the earth. In the Garden of Eden, the first thing, one of the first things he told Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Sounds like he wants more of what's going on. Amen. God wants to bless us with what we have. He wants us to invest. Now, I'm not telling you go put your money in the stock market. I'm, not, I'm saying you be led by the Spirit of God. He wants to multiply what you have in your pocket. God wants you to do what He tells you to do with it. And I'm not receiving offerings. Don't get all worried. Oh, I did all that trying to get our money. So, no, I'm saying you do with what God has given you, you do things with what you've been given to multiply that. God wants it to be multiplied. He don't want us to go home broke. He don't want us to stay broke. I've been there, done that. Amen? I don't like being broke. God don't want us being broke either. 
But if we don't do anything with what we have, guess what he said? He said, just take that one from him and give it to the guy with 10. Because when I come back, he's going to have 22. Because he'll do something with it. And God wants it multiplied. Amen? So God, by his spirit, desires to reveal to all of us everything that he wants us to do. You be led by his spirit. Look at his word. Find out what he has for you. Get in there. And let's find out what that rich uncle left us. Other than that old beat up truck. That old truck which is the first thing on the list. The enemy wants us to get a little bit. And then give up and say well that's all I really deserved. I didn't even go visit him in the hospital. I could tell you a story and it ain't even true. I could just. Start talking, it'd be a story, and you'd be like, be start crying when the uncle died. It's like most of y'all be like, oh boy, he left me an inheritance, I'm okay. <laughs> I do tell stories, but I do read the Bible too. And most of the time, the way I get out of this is this. Most of the time they have what's up on the screen is scriptures. But they messed up. That wasn't me that messed up, they did. All that other talking... It's just me. Take that home with you. All that stuff was just me talking, but you got notes. You take them home and read them. You find out what God had to say about this tonight, okay? Fair enough? All right. Let me pray for you before we go to the house. And again, I'd like to say thank you for being here. Remember Sunday morning, we're going to be able to get a first shot at Pastor Dwayne's new book. And Pastor Rick, some of y'all remember Pastor Rick? What you... Time changes Sunday, so set your clock forward and get up earlier than you've been used to. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Ryan, our guy that runs our booth back here, uh, he just had an appendicitis attack, and he's in the hospital. We're going to pray for him before we leave here. They got it before it bursts. They're going to remove it. So everything's going to be cool. We're going to pray for him. And I'm going to pray for us in general. Before you leave, if you need prayer for any reason, please come up and we'll be glad to pray with you, okay? Let's pray. Father, I just.